Hey there, you are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast. I'm your host, Annette Jones, and this is episode number 29, Gifts and Opportunities. You are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast for women who want to find clarity of mind, create lasting emotional well-being and confidence, and achieve amazing potential. Come with me. This will be fun. everybody. How are you? How was your summer? How are you feeling about your kids being back in school? I was just telling a friend that this is the first time in about um, four years because of COVID or kids homeschooling or different schedules that I've had long stretches of time at home alone and um, it was kind of weird for the first week. I didn't really love the quiet but I think I'm adjusting okay and it's giving me the opportunity to do more coaching which is super fun. So it's all good. I'm hoping this extra time will help me be a little bit more consistent with this podcast since it's really one of my favorite things to do. So let's jump in. Today we are talking about the meaning that we give to the things that happen to us and how that affects the way that we experience our lives. And if you've heard of Dr. Viktor Frankl, um, which I'm sure you have, many of you have, he was a world-renowned psychiatrist and is probably well most well-known for his book about his experience in Nazi concentration camps during World War II. And the book is called Man's Search for Meaning. And from this book um, come some really famous quotes uh, that I feel like I've been hearing ever since I was young about our freedom and power to choose our attitudes and our actions um, in any given set of circumstances. And I love this quote from Dr. Alice Patakos in an article he wrote for Psychology Today. Um, the article was called Victor Frankl's Legacy of Meaning. And in this, he says, as a prisoner in the death camps, he, Dr. Frankel, saw the human condition at its worst, with people behaving in unimaginably intolerable ways. He also saw human beings rise to heights of compassion, caring, unselfishness, and transcendence. Through his life and work, he reminds us that we all have important work to do, that whatever we do is important, and that meaning can be found everywhere all the time. He believed that there is meaning in every moment of our lives, up to our very last breath, and that it is our personal responsibility to find it. By example, he was able to find meaning in spite of, and because of, the suffering all around him. He was quick to say, however, that traumatic suffering is not a prerequisite for finding meaning in our lives. By this he meant that whenever we do suffer, no matter what the severity of the suffering is, we have the ability to find meaning in the situation. We also have the ability to find meaning in the good times. Choosing to find meaning under any circumstance is the path to a meaningful life. So I love this and I think that as humans we're kind of wired to try to find meaning or make sense of things that happen to us. We want to understand why things happen, especially the hard things we go through, right? We don't want our suffering or the suffering of those we love to be in vain. Um, I've seen parents who have lost children to illness or accident who have used that devastating circumstance to bring about some kind of change or good in the world um, uh, to honor that child. Um, I've seen people with debilitating diseases or physical limitations um, believe that what they're going through is going to make them stronger or teach them important lessons that they would have never learned otherwise and connect with other people on a much deeper level. I also know people who don't like the idea that everything has to have meaning, um, that that there has to be a reason for the hard things that happen. Um, and that sometimes bad things just happen, and that's life. And so I don't really think there is a right way or a wrong way um, to think about our trials and our challenges in life. 
I believe that whatever is the most helpful way for you to think about it is great. And I think I've probably done both in my life. Some things I found a lot of meaning and purpose in them. And some I've just thought, well, that's just part of being human and living on on this planet, right? And sometimes the meaning I give to things isn't helpful. So sometimes I might think that God allows me or someone I love to suffer because I've done something wrong. That's a meaning that I've given to to, to some of the challenges I've had in the past. Um, and it's not very helpful or true for that matter, right? I've made things that other people have done or said to me mean that I'm not good enough or not as valuable or important as other people. I've made uh, my failures mean that I'm not capable and that I should just give up on something I really want uh, just because it's not coming easily. So today I would love to explore with you a little about the meaning we give to the circumstances or events in our lives and how we can look at the things that we might label as bad or hard um, in a more productive way. And the principles that I'll be talking about today are things that I've learned and applied to some of my own experiences. And they've really helped me to let go of a lot of the negativity that I felt stuck in and move forward with a new perspective and a much healthier view of not only the situation and the people in it, but of myself and of my own worth and my own capability. So I want to begin with a story that I heard recently. It's one that I heard years ago. Um, I don't know where, but I was reminded of it. I, I heard it again recently, and maybe you're familiar with it too. So this is an old Taoist parable, and it teaches us the importance of not just automatically labeling our experiences as either good or bad, but having the perspective that even the things that we wouldn't necessarily choose in our lives um, could, could really be blessings in disguise. Okay, so here it goes. When an old farmer's stallion won a prize at a country show, his neighbor came by to congratulate him and said, how wonderful, you are so lucky, congratulations. But the old farmer said, who knows what is good and what is bad? The next day, some thieves came and stole the valuable animal. When the neighbor came to commiserate with him, the old man replied, who knows what is good and what is bad? A few days later, the spirited stallion escaped from the thieves and joined a herd of wild mares leading them back to the farm. The neighbor called in to share the farmer's joy, but the farmer responded, who knows what is good and what is bad? The following day, while trying to break in one of the mares, the farmer's son got thrown and fractured his leg. The neighbor called to share the farmer's sorrow, but the old man's attitude remained the same as before. The following week, the army passed by, forcibly conscripting soldiers for the war. But they did not take the farmer's son because he couldn't walk. And the neighbor thought to himself, who knows what is good and what is bad? Okay, so it's kind of a funny little story, but have you ever had that experience where you thought that something was bad, but later on, maybe a few days or months or even years later, you see that that thing that happened actually ended up being a good thing or maybe even a blessing? I certainly have, and I think... I've seen it happen in my life enough times now that I'm not as quick to judge my circumstances as I used to be. In the past, it was very easy for me to slip into anger or fear or even despair when something really hard or sad happened. And I would just kind of automatically jump to, this is horrible, this wasn't supposed to happen, um, it was my fault, I did something wrong, or now everything's ruined, this isn't fair. Um, which is fine, I wasn't wrong to think those thoughts, but guess where they got me? Let's just say that staying in that frame of mind wasn't really super helpful in the long run. And I eventually realized that hanging out in the negative frame of mind and emotions was actually keeping me from the peace and wisdom and more positive productive actions that were available to me. 
And so now when something unexpected or challenging comes up, some obstacle or disappointment I wasn't anticipating, I'm getting better at not being so quick to judge it as good or bad or right or wrong. And not that I'm perfect at this by any means, but I'm finding that not spiraling out in negativity is actually really helpful in helping me manage the amount of anxiety or stress I feel in a difficult situation and how long I let that affect me. So it's kind of like if um, having your hand on a hot stove. It would be uncomfortable. It would hurt, right? Um, and the pain you would feel is actually helpful, right? It would be a signal to your brain that you need to do something. You need to take action. You need to get your hand off of that stove because keeping your hand on the stove is going to lead to much bigger issues, right? And it's the same kind of thing with our emotions, the uncomfortable or painful emotions like shame or resentment or overwhelm or guilt. They're important. They alert us to potential danger or issues that we might want to address in our lives. So they're actually a blessing because they are designed to protect us. Right? So we, why we call them the survival emotions. But some of us take it um, a little farther than that initial alert and we start to ruminate and sit in those emotions. We find more and more evidence to make what we're feeling true. So if you're resentful because you think your husband doesn't respect you, guess what? You're going to unconsciously or even consciously be on the lookout for more evidence from the past or present to prove that belief true which will lead you to feel more resentment, right? And this process can become a vicious cycle, which is just like keeping your hand on the hot stove, which sounds kind of ridiculous when you think about it logically, right? But we do this to ourselves all the time. So one of the ways you can get yourself out of that negative spiral and get your, get your hand off that hot stove is to change the way you're thinking about what is happening. And a great way to do that is to just to get curious and ask yourself some questions. Um, and the one question I want to talk about today is one that's helped me a lot. And the question is, how might this be an opportunity or a gift? And this has been a really powerful one for me. And sometimes in the moment, right, there's no way that you can possibly know how a certain circumstance could turn into a gift or an opportunity. Uh, but I think that's where faith comes in. Steve Jobs said, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust or have faith, right? That the dots will somehow connect in your future. So I think just believing that's what that what is happening in your life right now will somehow benefit you or get you where you want to be in the future is actually really helpful and a powerful way to get your hand off that proverbial hot stove, right? And change your experience in that circumstance. So let me give you a quick example of this. I have a daughter um, in college up in Utah and last fall, um, the school announced that because of COVID, they were shutting the campus down at Thanksgiving break and just moving everything online for the rest of the semester until Christmas. So that meant that my daughter would be able to come home for a full seven weeks, which was basically the best news ever for us. Um, we were pretty excited to get her um, to ourselves for such a long time. So a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving, COVID up in Utah got really bad and the governor mandated weekly testing for all college students since they were um, the college and colleges and universities had some of the highest um, numbers of cases. So, of course, just a few days before she was supposed to come home, she called to say that she had tested positive and that instead of coming home for Thanksgiving, um, which we had all been looking so forward to, she was going to have to stay up in Provo in her apartment to completely alone and quarantine for the next week and a half. Well, I was pretty upset when I got her text. We had all been really excited to get her home and we were just super disappointed that we wouldn't be with her for Thanksgiving. And on top of that, 
I was really worried about her. Um, first of all, that she'd be completely alone while she quarantined, um, but I was also worried about how COVID would affect her. Um, she's got an autoimmune disease, and um, because of the medications she's on, has a weakened immune system. And I have to admit that the first couple of days, I was pretty mad about the timing of all of it. We'd really been looking forward to this. It was really a rare thing to have her home for such a long stretch. Um, this is just horrible timing. Um, but you know, in those couple of days, I couldn't shake the thought that, that sometime in the future that we might look back at this and think, actually, that was really good timing and it worked out for the best. And so that thought kind of brought me um, some comfort when I would get sad or frustrated. And I was able to move through that week with a, from a much cleaner place than I think I would have in the past or with the thoughts that this wasn't fair, that it wasn't supposed to happen. So we did our best to stay connected with her that week. Um, and even on Thanksgiving, my sweet dad dropped off a little turkey dinner on her doorstep. So we FaceTimed and ate our Thanksgiving dinners together. And she was really amazing throughout the whole ordeal. It was a long, hard, lonely um, couple weeks for her, but she got through it and we eventually got her home and she actually did develop some residual effects from COVID, um, including some really severe and debilitating joint and muscle pain that lasted for several weeks. So of course, this had us pretty worried, um, but we were in touch with her doctor in Utah and, and one of her doctors here at home and they said to just kind of wait it out and see how things went. And so we were pretty nervous about sending her um, back up to start a new semester of nursing school with um, her clinicals and a new TA job. I knew that the semester was going to be really physically and mentally demanding on her. And seeing the pain and exhaustion she'd experienced in the weeks that she was home, I was pretty concerned that if it didn't resolve that she might have to defer a semester. So we ended up asking our family um, to fast for her the Sunday before she left, and my husband gave her a blessing, and then we just prayed and, and moved forward. We packed her up and got her ready to go back to school. And she got back up to school and managed to get settled. And amazingly, the day before she started, um, she felt better. Her energy returned, the pain was gone, and she was able to move forward with her semester as planned. And we were just so grateful. It was just really amazing. Well, a few weeks into the semester, um, her roommate, her new roommate, tested positive for COVID. And my daughter was pretty concerned because she didn't know if she was going to have to quarantine again. Um, her clinicals were just about to start up at a new hospital and she'd been assigned to labor and delivery, which she'd been looking so forward to. Um, she'd started a brand new job as a TA. And so she called the Department of Nursing to see what the protocol was. And her advisor told her that because she was still within the 90 days of testing positive, she was clear and that she didn't have to quarantine. She could just go about her classes and her clinicals and her job and her life as usual. And when she called to tell me this hugely relieving news, I just knew, you know, that feeling, just absolute assurance. I knew that the timing of her getting COVID, no matter how frustrating or disappointing or unfair it had seemed at the time, actually had been a blessing. She didn't have to miss any school. Um, she had several weeks at home with us to fully rest and recover and heal, which it would have never been able to happen at any other time of the year. And we talked about that, how amazing that timing had been. Yes, it was inconvenient and it was disappointing, but that kind of paled in comparison to the frustration and the setbacks it would have cost her to have to quarantine and then spend weeks recovering during the semester. So it truly was one of those blessings in a very subtle and sneaky disguise. Now, hindsight is 2020, right? So many times we can look back on our trials and say, oh yeah, that definitely worked out or that really did end up being a good thing, or maybe even just seeing the situation as a little more neutral. 
And I don't think you have to necessarily think of everything as this amazing blessing, but I want to offer you that the idea that it really is possible for every circumstance in our lives to be seen as a kind of opportunity or a gift. So that means that everything we experience, every heartbreak, every disappointment, every obstacle, every failure can be turned into something good. It can be used to increase our knowledge, our understanding, our empathy, our resilience, our faith, that somehow in some way in the future, these things will be a benefit to us. So this is taught um, really beautifully in the Doctrine and Covenants when the Prophet Joseph Smith was in just horrendous circumstances in Liberty Jail, right? And he and his friends and family and the members of the church, everyone was experiencing great suffering. And he felt how we might feel sometimes when our prayers for relief or assistance seem to go unanswered. And he asked God in section 121, he, he said, Where art thou? How long shall thy hand be stayed? How long shall we suffer these wrongs and unlawful oppressions before thine heart shall be softened toward them? He goes on and essentially asks the Lord to save them, to punish their enemies and avenge the wrongs that have been done to them. And then the Lord responds by saying, Know thou, my son, that all these things shall give thee experience and be for thy good. So these verses in sections 121 And 122 are some of the most powerful verses of scripture. And God is telling Joseph this very thing, that the hard and the terrible and the tragic things that he has faced um, and that he will continue to face will eventually be for his good. They'll benefit him in the long run. And so what do we do when we don't have the hindsight to fall back on, when we're at the very beginning of a challenge or right smack in the middle and we don't see how this could possibly be a gift or an opportunity? Because sometimes we don't see it for a very long time. Right? Sometimes it doesn't get all wrapped up in a nice little bow with, within a few days or weeks or even years. Sometimes we are left with nothing but the choice to believe that whatever we are going through will eventually work together for our good. I was coaching a client recently on her relationship with her mother and how she kind of feels trapped in a pattern of being a pleaser. She's never really felt like she can say no to her and that her mom kind of takes advantage of her because of this and will kind of punish her emotionally with guilt if she tries to do something different or if she decides her family can't make it to a big event. And because she now recognizes that a good part of her life has been spent in this cycle of people-pleasing and now she feels some resentment and frustration, first of all, with herself for falling into this tendency and not being true to herself and voicing what she wanted, And second, with her mom for kind of taking advantage of this and guilting her into things she doesn't really want to do. And I know right now the situation does not feel good to this client. She's pretty frustrated about things and even feels a little overwhelmed at what it might take to change this dynamic in her relationship um, with her mom and with others. And it feels hard and messy and really difficult for her to see how this situation could be a gift. And I can really relate to her because it took me a while to work through my own issues with people-pleasing and codependence. And yes, it was messy and hard. But on the other side of it, so much is so much more peace and freedom and love for myself and for the other people in my life. And for this client in my life right now, she's, she's kind of a little bit angry that these patterns, about these patterns and her role in creating them. But what a gift to be able to see that, to see the impact um, and know what it's like for, for a child to feel the weight and the heaviness of carrying that responsibility. Feeling like the choices that they make have such a tremendous impact on the emotional well-being of their parents. That they don't feel safe to truly exercise their agency. Because they feel like they're the ones responsible for making their parents feel good. 
And she can see the anxiety and the resentment this has caused her and the strain it's put on her relationship with her mom. And I'm guessing this is something that she'll want to change, right? We hear about breaking those um, unhealthy generational cycles, and this is how we do it. I'm guessing that she is going to be a different mother to her own children because of this. She's going to make sure that her children know that she loves and values them no matter what choice they make. She will let them know that yes, um, she'd love for them to be at family parties or activities, but her happiness doesn't hinge on whether they come or not. She isn't going to use fear or guilt as a way to manipulate her children into making good decisions or doing what she thinks they should do. She won't need her children to, to quote, turn out, right? So that she can feel validated and that she has done a good job as a mother. What a gift. What a gift for herself and for her children. And so even though it feels messy and hard and frustrating right now, she can also see that this is a wonderful opportunity to improve not only her own emotional health, but her relationships as well. Okay, I have one last quick experience I want to share and then we'll be done. So several years ago, some things happened with some people in my ward at church and the details at all um, aren't all that important here, but I will say that this experience left me feeling pretty devastated. I felt judged. I felt um, unimportant. I felt humiliated. And I felt like all these people just thought of me as a failure and didn't think very highly of me at all. Um, I'd been hurt and my confidence, my entire identity felt like it had just been shattered. Um, And this experience sent me into a kind of a depression. That's really the only word I can think of that would adequately describe what I was feeling. And I really withdrew emotionally from a lot of things. Um, I don't know how obvious it was that I was struggling on the outside. I kept going to church with a smile, but inside I was pretty miserable and I didn't want to be there. And in fact, I would think about how much I wanted to just get out of there and just have a fresh start and move somewhere else. Um, But about a year later after this initial experience is when I found coaching and I started really working on my own mental and emotional health and understanding how to feel more in control and empowered in my life, really stepping into that emotional adulthood, which I've talked about before. And so I made a lot of progress and changed a lot of the thinking that had caused me so much suffering over these years. But, but the one thing that was always kind of hanging over my head was that what had happened all those years ago was a bad thing, that this, this horrible thing had happened to me. And yes, I'm okay now, but it was still wrong and it shouldn't have happened. And so when I heard this idea that everything we experience can be turned into an opportunity and a gift, this was the first situation that popped into my mind, I think, because it had been so just hard for me. And I thought, okay, I really want to be curious about this. I genuinely want to know, how was that experience a gift to me? And all of a sudden, my mind was just flooded with thoughts about how that thing I thought was so wrong and unfair and shouldn't have happened had actually taught me so much about self-confidence and having a good relationship with myself, about forgiveness, about loving others without judgment, about what kind of person I want to be at church and in my callings, about giving other people the benefit of the doubt and seeing them the way our Heavenly Father sees them, uh, gave me the courage to question some of the patterns in our church culture that don't really serve us very well. And it helped me to have a better vision of what it means to be truly Christ-like and accepting of others the way that he was. And this list could just go on and on. And as I just kept thinking of more and more things that I learned and ways that I had changed for the better because of this experience, I felt something about the circumstance that I had never felt before. I felt real gratitude because I realized that without that experience, I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't have learned the things that I've learned or done the things that I've done or healed what needed to be healed in my life. 
So I want to repeat that quote from Steve Jobs one more time because I just love it and I think it's so relevant to what we've talked about today. You can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. So remember this question, ask it to yourself often, not in a shameful, I shouldn't ever feel bad or sad or frustrated about anything kind of way, but in a genuinely curious and empowering way of wanting to see that circumstance from a different perspective. How is or was this circumstance an opportunity or a gift? And let me know what you come up with. I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at annette.motherhoodelevated at gmail.com or come find me on Instagram at Annette Jones Coaching. And as always, if you'd like to learn more about how to apply what you're learning on this podcast, or you'd like to find out um, what working with a life coach can do for you, send me a DM and let's talk. All right, I hope you all have a good week. I will see you back here next time.